Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ad Nerdium. I am your host, Patrick Salerno, and with me today are two returning guests, Will Roach and Risen Means. How are you both doing today? I'm doing fine. Pretty good. How about you? It's good to have you both back on. Uh, this will be the first episode after our Christmas holiday between semester break. We've released a couple of episodes in the interim, but... Uh, hopefully with this, we're starting back in our regular weekly schedule, so I'm excited for that. I hope you guys are excited for that, too. And we're kicking off talking about cyberpunk and consumerism. I don't know about uh, you guys, but for me, my winter break was spent hours and hours a day playing through cyberpunk. So, a little uh, ironic of talking about me being a consumer, hyper-consuming something, and also analyzing the themes of consumerism in the game. To start, let's uh, ground down a definition of consumerism. Uh, A quick Wikipedia search would make it come out as a social and economic order that encourages the acquisitions of goods and services in ever-increasing amounts. Briefly, would one of you guys want to give the audience who might have not had a chance to play the game or know its history, give a quick little summary of both for that? Uh, Sure. So Cyberpunk 2077 is a video game that was developed by CD Projekt Red, uh, which is based off of the 1980s uh, tabletop role-playing game called Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, In both of these games, uh, there is a society which is a splinter off of our own timeline-wise, where corporations have a lot of control, uh, technology has gone way farther uh, than we have currently. Uh, Cybernetics are are a lot, and the world is in a much more punk space. Um, There's even an explanation in the original book of why it's called cyberpunk, with the uh, cyber referring to cybernetics, and the punk referring to the late 80s uh, music movement that was all about raging against uh, the powers that be, and that really does pervade a lot of the world and a lot of the game. Uh, and there is a lot of consumerism, as we'll get into, but I'll, I don't want to spoil our points too early. Yeah, no, uh, that's a great summary. Thank you, Will. Uh, and Risen, as the resident role-playing game expert <laughs> on our uh, cast of guests, um... Have you looked into the original Cyberpunk 2020? Uh, I believe by Mike Pondsmith, if I'm not mistaken. A really cool guy. Um, And the themes and what maybe he was trying to say with the aesthetic of the original game? Yeah, the Cyberpunk 2020 was, like, there's a whole branch of it where every... In the book itself, it says... If you're going to die, at least look good while doing it. The whole world of, of cyberpunk, if you're going to do something, make sure 
you're you're wearing the best outfit that you can. Make sure you have the coolest augmentations that you you can get. If uh you can't afford it, steal it. If you can't steal it, uh tr find another way. Like it's there's so many different avenues that the game tells you to make. And uh this is all encapsulated by Mike Pondsmith saying this isn't this isn't a dream. This is a, a nightmare world. This we should not get to this point ever. The they do similar things in the newly released uh Cyberpunk Red where everyone is uh, same ideals and, and everything, but it takes place after fourth corporate war and uh which which is another just like countries don't go to war, corporations go to war now. That's uh another weird and interesting facet that, that cyberpunk delves into. Yeah, a lot of cyberpunk, um, you know, and using the term more broadly now to refer to other stories beyond uh, Mike Pondsmith's game and CD Projekt Red's uh, video game, kind of meshes elements of counterculture, punk, with elements of corporate dystopia. And the cyberpunk universe that uh, was created for this game definitely really delves into both aspects and how they mix. Night City, a, a guy whose first name I forget, but last name was Knight. I believe it's Richard. I, I believe it's Richard Knight. Yeah, Richard Knight, a guy named Richard Knight, uh, basically bought up or in some way was able to get the land that pretty much exists between San Diego and Los Angeles. Uh, and made a whole bunch of corporate task tax breaks to try and encourage corporations to move in to jumpstart an economy and create like a, a utopian city. But he was, I believe, murdered, if I remember the story correctly. And the corporations took power and it became a dystopia in which corruption runs rampant, uh, consumerism and... Uh, is basically plaguing society and there is a, just a, a really a devaluation of what it means to be human and what it means to be an autonomous human being and the video game picks up uh in the year 2077 uh 50 years some odd after uh, the original role-playing game and you're playing one of like a basically a mercenary who is thrusted into this world and thrusted into a very big conflict involving corporations the gangs gents gets involved in there as well and regular viewers know that that is a special interest of mine <laughs> um and so you're, you're you're thrusted into what this nightmare as mike pondsmith described it looks like so let's uh, let's delve into the themes a little bit more because one of them that uh, fascinated me was the the devaluation of the human body and how that plays into consumerism and what we're willing to do both to ourselves and to other humans because of this need this consumeristic need for more for status uh, for comfort. So the the thing that immediately comes to mind is with dolls where. You can buy just a, a hooker on on the street, or you can go to this special place where you can have some uh, somebody be pre-programmed with what you want, what you want to do exactly, and their consciousness just 
goes on a little trip, takes a nap for a little while while this basically program just acts out until they're done and uh, they wake back up and don't remember a thing. Same thing with like brain dances where it's like, I'm gonna, I'm pointing at this person, I want to have sex with this person, but not really, just make my brain think I am. It's all very, I don't, I don't have the word for it, like icky, I guess. All very icky. Yeah, the idea of the dolls, uh, just the corporate, the uh, the company who controls the dolls, uh, which is a club named Clouds, running their algorithm on your brain to figure out what you want in a sexual partner, and then uh, just assigning you someone with the pre-programmed personality and routines to give you the most pleasure um is about the most consumerist thing i've ever heard of and it really plays into the idea that uh, a lot of other aspects of the cyberpunk world go into where the sanctity of the human body is no longer a thing you it is your body but if you pay someone enough you can have it for an hour there's even the idea of dolls being used as messengers where they can just be sent to a location. Uh, they f- fall asleep for a minute and the person who didn't want to go to the meeting in person can basically take over their body for a minute, do what they need to, and then the job is done and they get their money. Uh, well, to respond to your point then, I guess... Um about the dolls and everything. I think consumerism is certainly seen in how the extent of the of the promotion and the increasing acquisition is perpetuated into the human body and straight into the human mind. Um, every person in the game seems to have, or almost every person in the game, there's some people that have no cybernetic implants, but everyone with cybernetic implants have some, has some sort of CPU system that connects with like a neural interface to their brain. And so uh, several points during the game, you have to jack in. And you have a cord in your arm and like a cord in your head and you could insert basically USBs into your head. They're called data shards. Or you can basically plug yourself in into a computer in real time. And the dolls, I think, are a hyper extension of ev- of that, of what's the base in society, the base amount of, consu- of uh, invasion and fully integrating their product into their consciousness. Um, and allowing what's essentially an AI to take over their physical body in order to to please the client, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and even like like uh, va- vacations, right? The the number one vacation spot is in space. That that colony. I don't remember the name, but it's on the moon, right? Uh, I think it's orbiting the moon. Gotcha. Um. That that is, uh, and then if uh, you look at like some of the gangs, right, um, trying to all some some gangs, uh, like um, Sixth Street, right, the the military gang. Yeah, Sixth Street. They're like the Patriots, New United States. Go go go! Like, yeah, they. We like our guns. 
whole thing is like trying to restore that that patriotism and, and everything and how do they do that they buy more guns and they keep on buying and and getting the these things just to continue that cycle it's funny uh just the, as a little joke like uh it's a lot of the gun stores are called the second amendment and there is uh announcements about being like a second amendment person but you're not in the united states the united states is collapsed like there's a new government the new united states and you're not even in that and yet there's still that like nods to what was Mm -hmm. even though no one there is technically you know american they're night city there's something different united states of america is gone i i want to go back Again, because the more we're talking about this, the more I'm realizing how much, like, insider shit there is. And I feel like we should explain a bit (laughs) more about, like, how this all works. So, the I mentioned the character V. Cybernetics are uh, a huge part of the game. And your character, along with almost everybody else in the game, has some sort of computerized or digitized or, or technicalized aspect to their bodies. They see uh, specialized doctors called Ripper Docs, who implant technological devices throughout the body, whether that's nervous system, circulatory system, replacing your eyes, replacing your arms, um, and essentially upgrade you into a cyborg. Uh, And that is a ubiquitous thing that happens across the board. Neural chips, uh, data, sh- uh, you have a, basically data points in your head. You have a, a uh, sorry, you have data point or not data points. You basically have USB points in your head. You have uh, a extendable uh, USB plug-in that shoots out of your arm. Very Matrix-esque. And you integrate with the technology around you, usually by jacking in and connecting to them physically, whether that's putting it in your head or using the cord in your arm and plugging into the device. Okay, sorry, we can keep going. <laughs> um, one thing that uh, you brought up, Risen, that I think is something we should delve into is how much the world of this game and your identity in this game seems tied to what you have like all of the gangs that uh are in the game and even some of the social classes are tied to specific cybernetics uh there is a sixth street is all about having more and more guns the maelstrom gang is uh is known for having a cybernetic eyepiece which glows red and having different uh cybernetic enhancements which make them more uh adept in battle whether that's gorilla arms which make it so you punch people with even more force or if it's blades that come out of your arm or if it's a little uh electrified wire that can cut through anything and it it even goes towards different aspects of life in other senses um your as we said before at clouds what you were interested in and what you have bought in terms of brain dances and other media influences what they think you want and therefore your profile in terms of a customer there's a lot of um different aspects in terms of what do you drive 
there's so many people who are trying to sell you a car because it looks better and hey man you this looks like a really cool car do you want it it's an upgrade for you and there's that emphasis on get more because that makes you a better person it's not as much you do more because and that makes you a better person it seems like it's a lot more you have more therefore you must be a better person i certainly see that and i think um you know when this was made in the 80s and they talked about you know this these upgrades and getting the cybernetic implants and this idea of like you know next gen tech and getting better tech than everybody else i don't know if pond smith could have foreseen the rise of smart devices and how you know that lingo i'm i'm sure cd project red incorporated some of the lingo that we use today into the fold but regardless, that idea of bettering yourself through having the latest generation of technology is an aspect of consumerism that is plaguing us now that we see as uh, uh, an issue that is exacerbated in this fictional world, uh, heightened to show how dangerous it could be. Today, we're talking about, oh, you know, I need a new computer. I need the next gen processor. I need a better screen. I want to play Cyberpunk 2077, so I need a better processor. Tomorrow, it's, you know, okay, I need better eyes, so let me uh, go and, you know, let me go to my local Ripper dock and have them pluck out my eyes and put in some new ones. Man, I need to, I want to play basketball. Let me go get some <laughs> better legs. Yeah. And so the Ripper docks, I think, are a very, I mean, they're like plastic surgeons on steroids pretty much. And funnily enough, in, in the game, there's only really two points of medicine, or there's three points of medicine that you operate with. The first is the Ripper Docs, who are the most accessible. Then there is um, these kind of pharmaceuticals, which um, essentially drugs and stims of some sort that are used by yourself, your enemies, and your allies that heal you. And I, I don't really know the in-game reason for it, about why these stims work, um, but they're there. Um, and then you have uh, the trauma teams. Um, and I think the trauma team is a good segue into another big point of the consumerist idea of this world, uh, in the sense of having different levels of access and privileged based on how much you can pay the person uh that was working for you um for those unfamiliar with the game uh the trauma team is a service that is available to you where you can buy a subscription you know like netflix but instead of getting streamed movies every month you get if you ever end up in a horrible situation where you've been injured, they will immediately send a hover vehicle to you and shoot anyone who might be trying to kill you. Or even if they're not trying to kill you, they'll shoot them anyway. Um, just to make sure you're safe and, can, and they can administer aid to you. It's like if you mixed personal bodyguards with EMTs. It's, it's, a, it's the one percenters insurance, pretty much, is what it is. Um, and it's a, it's a very, it, it, you're absolutely right. It highlights a very large class disparity that having this kind of wealth in the society grants you a, a, 
a sense of safety, longevity, and health coverage and health benefits that are unavailable to the vast majority of citizens. And it also highlights the heightened level of violence in this uh, in this future that if that like the violence level got so high that they went, you know what? It's not really what police aren't doing enough. What if we just had an insurance policy for it to make sure I didn't die? Yeah, that's a service I would pay for. And there's like different levels of that service where there's like a base and then gold and platinum, I think, are referenced in the game where if you get the platinum package, we'll come even quicker. Kind of like bartering your life and how bartering how long you're willing to be in agony and possibly die for another 300 pieces of currency a month. Yeah, and and even look at how uh, all the different districts feel just driving through them, right? Like, you can step right outside of the city center, and it's an entirely different world that you're stepping in. Um, like, Pacifica is, has, the big focal point of Pacifica is that run-down mall. The, this, uh, which is another big idea of how there are certain factions within that game actively trying to go against consumerism and against what many of the corporations are trying to almost infest in they're they're trying to uh completely degrade people's lives and there are like the voodoo boys are actively trying to fight against that and who are the voodoo boys uh the voodoo boys is another gang um they're they're mostly net runners who uh, and what are net runners <laughs> who they uh <laughs> Go through like <laughs> cyberspace, I think it's called, right? Yeah. Um, they go through cyberspace, and it's like, it's like, netrunners are like soldiers, but on the internet. I guess is the best way to put it. Like they they fight and defend uh, from hackers, and they do the hacking, and they try to unlock and uncover. And there are several times within the game where like you'll be hacking something and another netrunner will defend that and you will die you'll t- burst into flames because the 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 netrunner protecting uh the whatever uh they are doing is uh hacking against them um and the voodoo boys are like the best gang of of that but yeah they like the voodoo boys main goal i guess is to fight against these all of the corporations and trying to stay independent they're they're trying to stay independent from those corporations so that they don't have to rely they don't have to work they don't have to contribute to their what they want and what they're trying to make them do there's a lot of moral gray in in the cyberpunk universe and uh, I think the net netrunners and that cyberspace it can be its own episode on, um, <laughs> you know, what is reality and the difference between virtual... Or even access to information. It is a completely digitized virtual realm. And so when you're talking about fighting, yeah, they physically are fighting. 
uh, it's it, again very much like the Matrix, where uh, it is a fully immersive experience, and if you get hurt in the realm, the digital realm, you die. If I if I remember correctly, uh, in the original tabletop RPG, you could fight like hellhounds or demons, which had been like are contrived pieces of software to protect in like basically like a dog guarding yeah. a door but for digital it's a visual manifestation of cybersecurity through these hellhounds you know the firewall being a wall of fire like things like yeah <laughs> um it is a it is a manifestation of that in our synapses i mean fascinating stuff and again like talking about class structure and going back to our topic the way that the society is structured to depend on all that shows how uh, innate the the need for tech and that idea of the acquisition of tech has become. You talk, you mentioned the Voodoo boy, uh, Boys as gangs. Uh, there's also other organizations, uh, gangs. Um, Maelstrom and the Scavengers are good examples of like the antithesis of that, that they are... Uh, so in desperate need for the best tech and acquiring more that they will kidnap and murder uh, other civil civilians to harvest their tech, to go in and forcibly remove the implants to use for themselves. And it's because of how valuable, how much more valuable the need for tech has become over the value of human life. I remember in the game, they mentioned somewhere that like Antarctica has the lowest murder rate and it's like 70 per a thousand people or something like that. uh, I forget exactly the number, but it's like, yeah, the lowest murder rate of 70 per 1000 people. And if you listen carefully to the waiting crawl while the game is loading, there's a television announcer, a late show host, who is hosting a murder count bingo or not a murder count lottery that the winners, if you, if you get the correct number of murders, um, you, you win this game show lottery of sorts. There's a, there's an interesting point there of uh, image and kind of how these corporations and, uh, and businesses like even push consumerism in how they market themselves um, one thing that came to mind for me was there's a corporation called Militech who their main, uh, their main service is military protection and production of weapons. Uh, but they also sell, uh, they also sell clothes. And I, there's many times that, uh, during radio broadcasts when you're driving, you'll hear references to Militech the musical <laughs> as just another way for them to get money out of you because, ah, see what the life of a Militech person is like in a musical, which that had to be a jab at Disney, and if it's not, <laughs> that's too serendipitous. I think um, all of this goes to the highlight of how um, the the root of the perpetuation of this consumerism uh, and the issues that it comes to in society is it desensitizes people. Uh, it desensitizes them to the value of experience, the, 
the value of humanity, the value of the other, um, and markets themselves a, a fictitious reality, um, promoting the idea of pleasure above all, of, you know, selfish personal safety above all. Um, there, speaking of, there's another uh, quote that you'll hear off of, like, a public announcement system, uh, and it's something about, uh, you know, uh, Second Amendment lovers are reminded that the use of firearms to advance traffic is prohibited by law. Uh, and so, you know, and it's, it's, it's a casual reminder. Hey, you can't kill people on the highway to make your commute go faster. Um, and the fact that that has to be said highlights where the society is in terms of its desensitization to violence of um the desensitization desensitization i can i can't speak of you know and its devaluation of other humans the dolls is a devaluation of the ideas of human of of humanity of what their bodies are worth you know the brain dances, uh, as we talked about, is it's it's selling you this commu uh, com consumerized life experience, and it devalues all of the sanctity and respect that there was. You know these things. Sometimes they are more ma the, the more mainstream ones are very risque sexual experiences or adventure experiences of being like some sort of mercenary like the main character basically uh is a mercenary the but there is a huge market for uh violent and dangerous and morally reprehensible brain dances these virtues as they're also sometimes called where you know and what they are is essentially you plug in and you gain the memories of this experience you live the experience and so you will live the experience of murder and violence and assault and it is across the classes it's almost like a drug that's sold of they need this you know take this dvd use this brain dance man it's going to blow your mind um because w the other thing and i'm going on a little rant here is <laughs> they are sold because of the lack of real genuine experience the and the craving for something more than what they have and that again that's part of the uh that's where you get at the extremes of consumerism, that need, that hyperfixation on that need of experience, that want. So you're going to go and find those violent brain dances. You're going to go and use the dolls. You're going to, you know, go and go to the Ripper docs and get the most up-to-date tech because you are conditioned by this consumeristic society to say that you need it at all costs. And the, the interesting paradox of consumerism, at, at least shown through this game, is that the more you chase it, the less you get it. Like, the more you go for these artificial ways of experiencing it, the less opportunity you have to actually experience it, because you'll never be fully satisfied by these brain dances. And going back to the point of destroying the sanctity of uh, certain aspects of life uh i think that's a perfect segue into uh talking about 
the main MacGuffin of the game, the Relic. Um, for those who haven't played the game, the Relic is a experimental new chip being sold by the Arasaka Corporation. Um, another corporation which its main thing is security, but it diversifies into all different areas because it can and because people will buy it. Uh, and this chip is supposed to basically download your copy, your entire consciousness, and allow you to live out more life in a separate body because yours is dying. It's basically sold immortality. And the idea that your body is not even the only body you have to have anymore. Uh, going beyond the idea that you don't have to keep your arms, you don't have to keep your legs, you can get better ones of those. The idea that you don't even have, if you spend enough money, you can just get a full new body and just live your life out in that is just a further destruction of the like sanctity of that concept which nowadays no one would say is like no one would doubt that that is true that that is your body that is the only body you get respect it now you don't even have to yeah it, it it's also like to go off of that point the uh it's also this idea of well how much can i buy your body so i can put my consciousness in your body um it's also like with um, with Grimes's character, right? She is complete. She's a completely chrome character. There are there are characters in Cyberpunk where their entire bodies are made out of chrome. Uh, it it's it's like that um that idea of like if you replace the handle of a broken hatchet and then the head breaks and then you replace the head of a broken hatchet, do you still have the same hatchet type of thing? The ship of Theseus, yeah. That is a very uh, relevant question of identity in uh, philosophy, about wondering at what point are you yourself, and at what point do you become something different? And again, <laughs> that could be a whole other episode right there. But it shows just how tied in everything is, about at what point does your obsession with upgrades... You know, and that is perpetuated by this consumeristic society, cause you to lose yourself. And I think that's kind of the the inward point of this uh, game and the theme to this episode is that devaluation of the human body, that consumerized and falsified life experience. Where is the self throughout all this? The relic is supposed to be that embodiment, right? That ultimate thing of this is you, this is your stored consciousness. But throughout the game, um, spoiler alert coming ahead if you have not played uh, the game and you do not want spoilers, but there is a the character Johnny Silverhand, wonderfully portrayed by Keanu Reeves, uh, is in the relic that his consciousness has been stored as a quote-unquote engram. And there are questions throughout the game of, is that really Johnny? Is Because sometimes they refer to him as a copy. Sometimes they refer to him as the engram. Sometimes they refer to it as Johnny or the consciousness of Johnny. So for that strive for, you know, more and more and more, that is the ultimate question. The relic is both the ultimate question in the game but also the pinnacle of this idea of 
uh, how consumerism is portrayed in the game of do you lose yourself at that final point of no return? In the in the heist mission, you you talk to the Arisaka, like receptionist, and she is completely made out of gold. Right, so it's she is not only selling her entire body to this company, but she is she's so devoted to this company that she uh, decided to make her entire body different a full body transplant with Johnny and 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 everything there like you said there is this ongoing discussion of like who is who who is taking over control whose consciousness does this body really belong to is an ongoing conversation throughout the game yeah and, and we talked about it earlier but the relic also kind of brings up the idea of class divide as well. The fact that if you are rich, you will be able to have a full other life that you live, and that your life is deemed more important to preserve and uh, and lengthen than anyone else's because you paid the money for it. And the fact that yeah, the person whose body this is, they'll probably die, but if you pay them enough for it, they're probably okay with it. That is emblematic of a consumeristic society. Uh, that they, it, that type of society is promoted to benefit those in power. That they want the lower classes struggling and purchasing as much as they can because that wealth is just getting funneled up. It's not getting returned down to the bottom because when you have large-scale corporations as you do and you spend all that money, it goes up and up and up and up. And that's why, you know, the, the city itself is just, like, I love it. It's gorgeous to look at uh, game-wise, graphics-wise. The <laughs> city's disgusting. There is trash bags absolutely everywhere. Buildings are crumbling in parts, not where the rich people live, but where the poor people live. You're all huddled together in massive mega buildings full of apartments. Um, there's trash everywhere, smoke everywhere. The water is toxic. The animals are dead. This is a gross, gross, amoral society because they are conditioned through consumerism. To not want to care. Um, and to bring up Risen's point about Pacifica earlier, that was a neighborhood that was very uh, lower class, and the corporations tried to build it up because it was it it was uh, waterside property. It's that's useful stuff. So they tried to build a huge mall. Uh, I think it's the Grand Imperial like Mall. Um, uh, and they tried to throw in everything they could, like movie theaters. There's a roller coaster that, uh, by the way, if you have enough tech skill, you can fix the roller coaster and ride it. I did um, not know that. I'm going to have to go do that as soon as we're done. Um, but the idea that they were just like, ah, that's kind of lame. That That doesn't look good, and I have to look at it. So let me make it better, but it's also like a form of gentrification 
just being like, you know what, that doesn't look good. I'm going to throw everything I can into it and just buy up land until it doesn't, until it looks the way I want it to. And they're living in the remnants of that. Yeah. It was meant to be kind of like a very large, like a mega Coney Island almost. And they couldn't do it. And so they left it and, you know, there are no jobs. Uh, people are struggling to find food, to eat, to care for one another. And there's an underpass where that's just become a homeless shelter. And you see, uh, again, going to the Voodoo Boys, one of the first things that you see is that there is this... Because uh, a- real animals, I think, are at this point illegal or something like that, uh, just because... Yeah, you can't have dogs, and I think cats yeah, are dead. Uh, that Most animals are dead, and then those are alive. You can't eat. You have to eat synth meat. Uh, but the Voodoo Boys have, like, an underground poultry operation. And, you know, it's real chicken. And one of the first things you see is he's gifting it to one of the residents who is hungry because she needs it. It's illegal, and it's a gang member doing this, but no one else is there to help. I don't know who said it, or even if it is a quote, but there's a idea that gangs pop up where the government fails, and the community needs to support itself in some way, leading to the formation of these groups. Uh, and that is very evident in the Voodoo Boys, because the Knight Corporation, which is the corporation who owns the city, it's weird. They they elect a mayor, but it end, ends up usually just being the head of the Knight Corporation. The Knight Corporation is just completely forgotten about Pacifica and just is letting it rot while paying for updates to the highway system for uh, going into the city center. And literally, uh, like, a few miles outside of the city, there's like a hard line where it goes from heavily uh, developed and uh, created to completely just barren wasteland. Yep. And solar farms. The the f- final element that I think sums it up is the savanna, where it is just a massive, massive, massive garbage dump. F- feet upon feet of deep, of trash, just sitting outside the city. Yeah, it's, uh, for, for me, that, that giant dump right outside the city, um, was one of the, the, I'm gonna say something, and then I'm gonna fix it, um, it was one of the prettiest things to look at, to me, but, I understand that it's not pretty, but, like, one, like, one of my questions going into, like, the RPG, right, is where does all of this like, there's gotta be so much waste from this right, because instead of like because people upgrade their computers right, every year, they get the newest stuff that comes out, whatever in Cyberpunk, everybody is constantly upgrading their bodies so just from that alone, on top of the already enormous amount of waste we we create there has to be some place and seeing that and seeing how it itself is kind of its own thriving community of nomads and and everything of 
just buried it amongst all this garbage was like this really interesting and cool picture just to look at. Sad and devastating, but uh, story-wise, very, very interesting. And I think a good, like, just the final point of this thesis about the effects of consumerism as shown by this game are the fact that you can stand in one place, look to your right, see a beautiful city made of holograms and tall buildings and cars flying and going along highways, and then turn 180 degrees and just see barren wasteland with mounds of dirt and smog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's just... That's all you need to see to see the, the difference there. And I think that's a good place to end the episode. Um, if you have any questions or comments about what we talked about, be sure to email us at adnerdiumpod at gmail.com. Uh, like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to the latest date of all of our news and keep track of our latest episodes. Uh, to listen to our episodes, you can go to the Radio Free George Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, Risen, Will, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, at Will underscore Roach on uh, Instagram uh, and at Eagle Roach on Twitter. Uh, but I also manage the Ad Nerdium uh, Instagram and Twitter at Ad, Ad Nerdium Pod, I believe it is. Ad Nerdium Pod is our Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you can find me there because I manage all of our all of our social media so if you want to contact me about this show that's a good place to find me there you go and then you can find me on instagram and twitter just uh risen underscore m thank you all for listening as always this is patrick this is will and this is risen signing off live long and prosper mm-hmm.